welcome to Wide Flank. Hello and welcome to Wide Flank, your very own game club podcast. Uh, I'm here with my co-host Danny Papes. K-M-O-N, Los Angeles. <laughs> what? <laughs> Are you, um, should I just dox you? No, no, no. Okay. He has okay. a last name. It's, everyone knows it. Okay, good, good. And Alon, <laughs> who doesn't have a last name. Hello? No last name? Uh, hello, we, uh, and welcome to Wide Flank. No, I'm just kidding. Um, we have a Discord that you guys should join. We have a uh, video game game club uh, once a month. Um, we also have a Patreon, which you should join if you haven't already. Uh, thanks to everyone who already uh, supports us. Uh, we, re- we really appreciate it. We're... Fuck, I hate this. This is a terrible intro. No, you're doing great. You're doing great. Oh, my God. I just... I, I want to express my thanks, and it's just not going well. It'll get more natural over time. I think you did great, and I think we should just... You know, we played Inscription, and we're just going to kick it to Danny, who's going to tell us about the game. Like the usual, baby. We got this. Okay. Go, Danny. I was just on to me. Yeah. All righty. <laughs> Thanks, Teddy, for that intro. <laughs> uh, so we this month uh, we played Inscription. Inscription is a roguelike deck builder <coughs> that was released last year in 2021. Uh, game was directed by Daniel Mullins, developed by Daniel Mullins Games, and published by Devolver Games. Uh, received somewhat polarizing responses from critics and players upon release. Uh, there were a lot of, there weren't a lot of negative reviews, but there are a lot of lukewarm reviews. But it also won the Game Developers Choice Awards Game of the Year Award in 2021. Um, it's not one that I've heard much about, like this awards show or group, but Game of the Year has gone to games like The Last of Us, Uncharted 2, Red Dead Redemption, The Witcher 3, God of War, Grand Theft Auto. Um, you know, just basically every mega title from the last 20 years has won this award. So it really, you know, it just like kind of shot into this, uh, you know, this is like, it's a pretty big deal that it, it you know, earned this title um, and is seated amongst these greats. But it's kind of a genre-defying game that incorporates elements of escape rooms, Pokemon, Magic the Gathering, and Slavic mythology. And it's pretty hard to explain what it is if you can if you can't already tell, but we played it uh, and I guess we'll do our best to pick apart what makes it what makes it so such an inspiring effort, a subversive game, and fun game. <laughs> My favorite part of the whole thing is when you coughed in between roguelike and deck building is like uh, hinting that it's maybe not what it seems, you know? It's a uh, yeah. <clears throat> roguelike deck builder. <laughs> we should say probably at the top um, that we spoil every single game we play because um, we're we're big spoilers. But if you're even remotely considering playing this game, and which by which I mean you, if you're listening to this podcast, you 100% should play this game because uh, you are either our friend or you like video games or both. And <laughs> you ha- you just have to play this game. You like games enough to tolerate us, then you yeah. should definitely play this. Yeah, if you like Konami games, which I know you do because I can read your memory card, <laughs> turn this off and go play Inscription. Yeah. And then come back and play it. And I know you're out there, Damon. You don't care about spoilers, but 
you do care about spoilers. Yeah, Don't no, listen it, to it, this. It, it really would fuck this game up really hard. I actually think it's a direct correlation with the less you know, the more, you know, unique and cool and inspiring and everything the experience will be of playing the game. Did you guys, before we start to talk about the game, did you know anything was up early on walking into this? No, no, not at all. Okay. I, yeah, I, I, I think Andy Batsley in our Discord is the one that turned me on to this. And then Dom also was like, he supported it and was like, yeah, it's my game of the year. I'm obsessed with it. But that, I think, came from a conversation of like Hearthstone and or Slay the Spire. So yeah, I, I just thought I was going into a card game, um, which is, I think, what you're supposed to think. Yes. Okay, yeah. So let's talk about the card game. Um, when I, f- I have to say, when I, f- when I hit continue instead of new game, I was like, when you basically, when you start the game, there's an option, there's a new game panel and a continue panel and an options panel, and you can't hit new game. You have to hit continue. I was like, something weird is going on here. But enter the card game. Okay. So who doesn't like Slay the Spire? Who doesn't like a deck builder roguelike? Uh, what's one more? You know, I wanted to play Monster Train. Everyone's telling me Monster Train's an amazing deck builder roguelike. I haven't played it. Has anyone here played it? Nope. Heard of it. Haven't played uh, it. Yeah. So, okay. I didn't play that. But. Here's another one. Inscription. I love Slay the Spire. I love Meteor Fall. I played on my iPhone on my commute. And yeah. And cool. I love roguelikes too. I mean, I yeah. I haven't like fully dove into Hades, but I'm sure I'll I'll like it once I play with the controller. I I like Risk of Rain. I like uh, what are other roguelikes that I play? There's definitely others that are are great and fun and it's it's like a trendy genre, but they're, it's trendy for a reason. They're so fucking fun. Spelunky. Spelunky, duh. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so this, so, so sign me up. Okay. Yeah. It's an easy sell to be like, you guys should check this game out. It's, it's all of these things that you already like. But yeah. So that the first, like basically you sit down, you're in this house slash cabin. It's dark. It's kind of weird. The music and sound design is weird and creepy, and it's sort of a tutorial like every new game and just sort of teaches you the mechanics of this card game, you know, similar to like a Magic Gathering or Hearthstone or whatever type of, or Slay, just, you know, one player card game against the computer on an asymmetrical board. Yeah, so so right away, like even as I'm getting into the mechanics of the card game, I'm immediately like, okay, I understand why people like this game. There's tons of ambiance. There is yeah. the the person you're playing against is like <sighs> a pair of glowing eyes across the table from you who is makes every time he talks, it basically the game just plays this like really deep, weird sound. <laughs> and it is like so eerie and unsettling. I just what did you guys like what do, what do you think of the sound here? Yeah, Danny, what the do you physics. think? Oh, yeah, I mean, it's it's awesome. It was, like, really scary. And I think the, yeah, the ambiance paired with it being extremely difficult at first. It's just like, what? I've just like, what am I walking into? 
It's like, this doesn't feel like, I mean, I guess I have a deck and I'm playing a card game, but it's just already it feels like a lot more than I bargained for coming in. Yeah. I really think sharp, really things, sharp audio. Yeah, I think that's one of the things they nail the most is that no matter how much you don't know about the game, I think you can, everyone can like intuit that there's something else happening. There's like some fucked up weird... This game's like weird and creepy. Like even the, you know, every every card game has like a resource mechanic, right? It's like land and magic or mana and hearthstone or, you know, whatever. And the resource in this game is sacrificing your cards for blood. And then later, the other resources is that every card of yours that dies, you get their bones. So those are the resources, the blood of the animals or the bone or the bones. Sometimes you get their pelts and you can sell those. And it's just like it's it actually one of the things you didn't mention, Danny, in the uh, intro thing is that. The original game came from a game jam that Daniel Mullins yeah. took part in that was called it. What was it called? It was called Sacrifice something. Must be, sacrifices Must Be Made. Sacrifices Must Be Made was the name of the game. And it was just all about, because he, he's a big magic guy where sacking is like a big part of the game. But it was just all about, yeah, like sacrificing your own cards in order to play other cards, which I think is plays in, you know, the creepiness, the cabin, the guy. When you lose, you literally can't win your first run. So when you eventually lose and die, he fucking puts you into this room with the flickering lights and it's like a torture room and takes a photo of you and then makes you build a card called a death card of yourself <laughs> and he makes you name it and stuff. It's like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> Danny, I think Danny early on was like, I love that you're just like playing against this dungeon master in who basically just like is a really like good DM who just goes way over the top and like puts on a mask and plays different <laughs> music and like different boss fights. Oh and- my god, that's so good. <laughs> yeah, it feels like yeah, it just feels like a you'd like you went to your friend, your friend invited you to his D&D night and he's like my friend is such a good DM. And you're like <laughs> That's such a good fucking reference because also yeah, like the other the spots that you like land on on the map and stuff are, you know, it's like different interactions, very much like a Slay the Spire type of thing. But it's the same guy. He just puts on a different wooden mask and starts like <laughs> speaking to himself. What in what you'd imagine is like a different voice. You know, he's putting on like a, oh, you've arrived or some weird shit. But it's all you hear is the like deep, scary sound. But it's like he's putting on all the he's putting on like a puppet show for you at all times while like you know all this other creepy shit is going on. Yeah, and even like the, what's happening in the background of your portrait here, Alon, which is. Yeah. All these wooden idols around a fire where you can uh, like basically roll the dice to like level up your creature um, or your cards. But it's all kind of like text descriptions of what you're doing or, you know, the uh, the game master is kind of talking to you every time you do something. There's no like cutscene that's happening or like a uh, or even like a voice actor or anything happening. It's just like. It's a very this this in fact this reminds me a lot of a dark room the uh, the mobile game mm. where it's like the survivors are gathered around the fire they're hungry you warm your card and it gains one health you know 
Yeah, I mean the survivor, the like actual text that's the survivors. It's like you do the power up or whatever, and then you have the option to try and power them up again or to back away from the survivors who are gnashing their teeth and like salivating at your creature. Like the the wording is something like that. You're like, okay, they want to like eat my creature. Like it's very clear that like this is not okay. This is dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> Right, like I, I don't know. I haven't played Monster Train, but if you look at the artwork for it, it's it's like one of the most like that's why I haven't played it. it just looks so idiotic, and <laughs> I, I'm sure someone worked very hard on it. I'm very sorry, but I it just it just yeah, doesn't it look looks good. so bad. Yeah, and basically, this game takes like a lot of similar ideas and other deck builders and stuff like sacrificing or you know boosting cards and right through like a little bit of flavor text or like text describing it and like some music and sound effects it makes them feel so different and special like yeah you're gonna give your card one extra health i guess that's cool but yeah what you do here is right and and is a bunch of yeah again survivors around a fire like gonna power up your creature or they might eat it because they're cannibals or something like that just totally changes that mechanic into a narrative-based decision. Yeah, uh, one, of, one of the examples of that that I have is, again, like with the sacrificing theme, is like you have items that you can use on the right side of your board, and you can use them in, in fights. And it's, it's, it's also sacrificing. Like there's a pair of pliers, and, well, we should maybe talk about how the health kind of works, but basically there's a the health works on a scale. You don't really have health. You have infinite health because you're battling for a board and you're battling to like basically get advantage on the board and then go for the kill. It's like a sliding scale of health. You have to win by... It's literally like a... It's like a actual like triple beam balance scale, yes. right? A scale of justice. Right. Yeah, the way... the I liked the Rock, Paper, Shotgun review. They They described it well. They said... It's those health scales that are the most immediately novel thing. You don't pick away at an opponent's health pool like in Hearthstone. Instead, the scales tip in both directions, meaning you must win by positive five, stay away from negative five. These scales mean the fight goes back and forth. You lose and gain momentum. You deliver killer blows. You claw back from near loss by being aggressive. One moment you're winning, the next your nemesis has you cornered. So it's it's very much like a push and pull thing. So what I was saying before is you have these pliers or i think the first item that you get and you don't really know what they're gonna do you're like oh maybe i'm like gonna put them on the scale or use them on a card or something like that but what you actually do is pull out one of your own teeth and put it on the scale which and counts it's as and it's horrible it's horrible and it counts that counts as one damage because teeth are the things that matter in this game <laughs> that teeth are like the damage um and you know later you get a knife and you literally stab your own eyeball to win a fight and then you can only see out of one eye for the rest of the fucking run <laughs> it's like insane you sacrifice your creatures you sacrifice your teeth your eyeball and you sacrifice anything to win in this like hellhole torture chamber so i I think, uh, yeah, I guess we, I don't want to get too far away from the card game mechanics, but like, whatever, fuck it. So the, <laughs> like I didn't, so in, if I was playing another game, right, if I could just add two damage to my opponent's health pool with an, like a, a random item, I would just use it all the time. Yeah. But 
like when when I got the knife and I could gouge out my eyeball, uh, I just never u- would use it unless like I absolutely needed to, and uh, that actually prevented me from like progressing the storyline of the game because I was just like I never want to do this. I hate <laughs> playing the game with one of my eyes missing. The sound is horrible. <laughs> it's like sticking so in the, the first person view of sticking a knife in your head. I was like. This can't. I just. I would just rather risk dying here. I can't <laughs> do it. It's horrible. And that they can take such like a no-brainer game mechanic and yeah, make it it's like so- a power-up that just makes you like win a fight. It's like skip a battle. Uh-huh. You know. <laughs> um. Yeah. There's a there's a lot to say about the card game because you know a lot of people you know according to you know, reviews and stuff like that consider the card game the basics like Act One of the game to be the best part of the game and to actually have been bummed that there's anything beyond the card game. And, you know, now, now there's a mod called Casey's mod where you can just play the one player card game. It's like that fleshed out and that solid of a game, um, that you can, you can play it like it is Slay the Spire, even though inscription is not Slay the Spire. (laughs) Yeah. So what do we think of, uh, the card game mechanics themselves like do you do you like the way the turn so the enemy perhaps like it's not like a multiplayer card game where you're you the enemy's hand is hidden you actually can see their next move before you take your turn which allows you to like plan strategically what you're going to do um slay the spire does this uh meteor fall doesn't actually do this you just have to know from game knowledge how people certain how people behave uh but do you think do you think that's like an interesting mechanic like do you think that's necessary to show how the computer's gonna behave and also like do you think the game did a good job doing that what do you think danny yeah i mean i think i got really frustrated when i would see a really big card that i couldn't do anything about two turns away and I just feel like, yeah, if I couldn't see what was about to happen. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I think that the game, yeah, the game, the card game is obviously built around that, that pacing of it. Right. And right. Th- because there are five damage cards. And if the AI just randomly put it down on an empty space and killed you in one turn, it would be a little ridiculous. And I think, yeah, yeah. The no, whole, that's, the a, whole, that's a really good point. Like the, so much about the game would have to change, right? right. If yeah. that was oh, going to yeah, be different. Work. Work. Yeah. Yeah, and the, I mean, this is, I was just thinking about this while you're talking, which is the, the card game is, is designed to, like, the game wants you to progress, however slowly, but it wants you to get to the next act of the game. And the card game is, like, very clearly built around that, where you can get an OP card that, if you draw it on your first turn, you can actually just win most fights. Um, which is like my last playthrough where I beat Act One. I just had two cards that were extremely cheap and could one shot everyone that wasn't a boss, basically. And that must have been nice. <laughs> <laughs> it took it took a long time to get there, but the uh, I earned every penny that I ever made. But the uh, <laughs> but like the mechanics of the card game are designed. Like I feel like it, it's very intentional, where you can get a seven damage card that can attack two spaces and just instantly win around, you know? Um, like, that's just, like, a first principle for it, I feel like. And that I think that hinders it as its own standalone game, 
like the actual card game itself in Act One is hindered by this like greater game design that it uh supports. Okay, you're not taking my bait. I want to take. I want to talk more about the card game itself because I totally agree with you. Um, <laughs> I, I I agree too, but I do have I do have like more complaints about the card game because I think a lot of like my first two sessions of playing it while I was just playing through the game are like mostly just me reviewing it as a Slay the Spire comp, basically. You know, so a lot of the problems I had were just like basic card game problems before I realized that like you're not really playing a card game, but we'll get more into that later. But yeah, I mean, there's a problem with like consistency in decks, right? So like Magic the Gathering has this with tutoring cards, which they're trying to get rid of. Um, You know, Hearthstone has a small small deck side and also has a mulligan also has a lot of draw cards there's no draw cards in this game there's What's no card, card that like a card that you play that draws more cards in your deck and there's like one tutoring card i think What's it's a tutoring that, card the bird with the magnifying glass that's like when you play it um pick a specific card in your deck Okay. okay. Like tutoring and magic is like to go find a specific card in your deck. Like literally pick up your deck and thumb through the whole thing and be like, this card is what I want. Um, So it doesn't have that kind of stuff. So you end up, or I ended up early on when I was losing a lot because you do lose a lot when you're like learning the game is just being frustrated by the lack of consistency. I'm like, I have some really good cards. I have a bunch of really bad cards and like pelts that don't do anything and it's like, if I draw my good cards, I win. If I draw my bad cards, I lose. I hate that. Um, there's other little things where it's like, I found it really hard to build synergy. Because like naturally, I'm again, I'm trying to play this like, Slay the Spire or Hearthstone or whatever, where I, that, you know, I play a lot of those games. And without the consistency, without draw, without tutoring, without like that much ability to remove cards from your deck... It's hard to get synergy. It's kind of like luck. It's like, oh, I want to take all like insect type or wolf type, but like I'm just not getting offered anything. And that feels bad too. Um, But then like Danny is saying, eventually you just kind of get your death cards. What I mentioned earlier, like you get your card, like my, my first one that I got was called Alan. And it was just my, it was just like a broken ass death card that I made with like insane stats and it was free to play. And I was like, my note at that point in the game was like, okay, so now I'm just going to get death cards every time I play and I'm OP and I can't lose. Like this doesn't feel like a roguelike deck builder. This just feels kind of like, I don't know. I I just broke the game now, and now it's not even interesting. I'm just, like, one-shotting every single opponent. Um, but, you know, again, that's not really the game. So <laughs> you realize that, like, it wants you to break the game. The opponents in the game, the computer, like, basically cheats and teaches you that cheating is part of the game, and you're supposed to kind of break the game. And then you eventually do start breaking the game. Sorry, that was a lot. Yeah, I like the way the game deals with uh, card removal. So I feel yeah. like most games just have you let you burn cards, right? You just yeah. delete this card from your deck. You 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 accumulate cards as you beat certain stages, and invariably, based on the way a lot of these deck builders work, you get cards you just don't want. Every time you draw them, it slows down your entire play style. Um, and what this game does is you can sacrifice them. Well, you can you can actually just delete them, or maybe that's in a later version. But 
You can. Yeah. There's the there's the one icon that's like a card with a X through it, and you sacrifice a card, and then you get that like bone boost card. Oh right, it gives yes. you the bone at the yes. start of every fight. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And there's but there's also a way you can get rid of cards by one is if you have a duplicate of a card. Um, you can merge those two together to make one single really good card, which is an amazing so sick. thing. And also, again, okay, very simple basic mechanic. We just combine duplicates and add their stats together. But in this, the character is like, look away. You don't want to <laughs> see this. And it plays these horrible sounds. <laughs> he uh, saws them in half. There's blood and cards flying all over the place. And then you have this like Frankenstein card. It's so sick. And then the other one is different cards at different abilities, right? So you sacrifice a card and that tr- that transfers the ability, but that's it to the new card. And both, I think, are like interesting ways to experiment with the game system uh, without just being like, Oh, remove a card you don't like. Yes, yes. I came around to love this, especially after beating the game, playing more Casey's mod, where it's just the card game. I've grown to be like, I really appreciate how he's gone about the necessity of removing cards. Whereas in Slay the Spire, it's just pay 75 gold, remove a card. Right. Or pay 100 gold. You know, next time pay 100 gold to remove a card. And you just know that. And you're just like, oh, okay, I just need to get to a shop so I can remove this one bad card. It's so much more interesting to have it like this. Yeah. Danny, we, we haven't, we didn't talk about this yet, but you haven't played a deck builder before. So were you like, were you pretty un, like, un, intimidated is the wrong word, but you, were you pretty uncomfortable with this style of game when you first went in or had you played enough? Here, uh, Hearthstone and other stuff that it, you like pretty quickly made sense. Uh, yeah, the Hearthstone was really the only thing I'd played. So I think I was looking too hard for synergies and trying too hard for synergies at first. Right. I was like, oh, I, I know to. exactly what kind of deck I'm going to have this playthrough. I'm going to be like, I'm going to have a ton of squirrels and one cost so that I can like build up to my four blood cost, uh, you know, where I have to sacrifice four of my own cards to play. And I just felt like I got really frustrated because I kind of thought that's what I was the kind of game I was playing. And then after a while of trying to get good at that, I realized that's not really what it what this what kind of decks you build in this game. Um, And yeah, I mean, it it definitely made it. I definitely had a less fun time. I had I had many periods of not fun in this game, and Mm -hmm. I think. In Act One, that was mostly caused by this. Like, yeah, I had this idea of what I, what deck building is that was not didn't play out in the game, and right. made it very challenging. Like my my play time for this game, I think, is by far the longest of anyone in Discord or of the three of us. Right. Well, I think we. It, it's funny because we so we Alon and I talk about this sometimes, which is like. What I love about single player card games and roguelikes in general is that, but especially single player card games versus multiplayer card games, is they don't need to be balanced super tightly, right? You can come up with something that's really OP and it feels really satisfying to break the game that way, break the game, like push the game to its edge in a way that maybe the developer might not like, you're like, maybe they didn't realize how good this was (laughs) going to be or something. Uh, do you, do you have anything that you want to say on that along? Because 
the, what I think that leads into is like very quickly as a experienced deck builder, I was like a deck builder player. I was like, it, this is way too easy to build an OP card, right? You're saying yeah. with the death card, like, wait, like I, I am just like, like, and Danny, you figured it out eventually too, right? You're like, oh, I have Mantis God or whatever, and I can just break it. But very quick, I was like, oh, wait, I can just steamroll this game. Um, maybe I'm not, like, maybe I'm not as clever as I think I am. Like, what <laughs> what exactly is going on here? Um, I love I love when the video cuts to Luke, and we'll explain that later, and he just goes, yeah, always pick Mantis God. <laughs> <laughs> so good but uh yeah i i kind of had an in between of you two guys because like danny um i was trying really hard to synergize and just make a really solid fluid like seamless deck that worked really well like i think the first like synergistic card i got was ant queen or whatever and i was like yeah. oh my god i'm gonna have a fucking insane ant deck like i'm just gonna like pop off with ants like this and i could never get it i didn't see another ant the whole time and i was like fucking hell you know like <laughs> unlucky you know and it, it took me a little bit to just realize like okay i'm just like i i understand this game a bit more now and i can just like kill and like i know what i need to use when and like you don't need that much synergy you just need you know the right preparation and like you guys were saying about like um, knowing their intents, like seeing their moves ahead of time. I think they do it in such a cool way because like in Slay the Spire, it's like you see he's going to attack and the enemy's going to attack with how much damage they're going to do. Now you can block or do whatever you want to them. I like that in this game, you see their cards on the board, but you can't interact with any of their cards yet. Like, they still attack you first, no matter what you do. You just know how they're going to attack, which I think is really cool. You can't just, like, kill their whole board before they get a turn. I think it's, like, a really balanced, fun way to do it. So, yeah. There, I mean, and, no, yeah, go Sorry, ahead. if I could just jump in. I think there there are some, like, little ways that you can interact with those, that backup line of cards by... You can intentionally leave the car, the enemy card in front of it up so that, yeah. say, they have a really strong card that's waiting to come in. Like there's there's so there there is like a just enough of it where it's not just like inevitable, yeah. Next yeah. turn and then there's like overflow damage, but um, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I, sometimes, I, I, sometimes yeah. you have to just lay a squirrel down to just soak up five damage to buy you one more turn and you're gonna win the next turn. You know, like little things right. like that feel so good and like clever. You know, but um, I was gonna say Milk's question was is is this a good card game as far as computer card games go? And Svenny was actually wondering the same about other deck builders and i think my answer would have been no i think i even wrote in the discord the worst part of this game is the card game <laughs> after my first like three or four hours playing the game and now i love the card game i actually think casey's mod is so good and it's just a really really tight well-made game yeah i think i think once you clean it up and and make it really streamlined and like take it out of the overarching like yeah. com trying to beat the game the card game it, you see the how yeah just how good it is yeah it, it's funny when you look in the discord and again everyone should join the discord we have a channel for every game that's in the game club and whatnot but i was scrolling through i was scrolling back in time to when people were first starting to play right and just the the way that like 
we're all learning to play the game together was really interesting to look at. You know, like the first the first few things were like Hayden being like, does anyone have tips for the third board? Like, I'm just getting wrecked every time. I don't know. You know, everyone's talking like strategy and what card. And then like, you know, Milk chimes in. He's probably a little further along in the game and he's like i was i just steamrolled it with my death card you know and then teddy chimes in later and he's like i was able to get bone and squirrel carvings you know and and use this item to beat this boss and we're all learning and stuff like that which i thought was really cool until eventually everyone just learns a unique way to break the game and win (laughs) like there's infinite ways to break the game which i love the, yeah, screw scrolling back in this channel is amazing. Yeah, there's so much good uh, history here, right? And and none of them are like unbelievably game breaking, or they feel like it, it's a it's not common. It, like you really lucked out by getting this game breaking thing. Um, like when you beat finally beat the boss, or when you finally challenge the boss, the boss is actually it, normally is there's four cards. Uh that can the like enemy can lay out but the boss is just one big card (laughs) and there's an ability that yeah danny do you want to do you want because i this didn't happen to me this happened to danny yeah yeah, me neither yeah well yeah there's like this mega card the moon that covers the entire enemy side of the board and it seems like there's like some my first time encountering it i I was like wow i have no idea what's going on and (laughs) i had a one one adder which has like the Hearthstone poison ability, which if it damages an enemy, it kills it. And the moon has like 40 health. And I just attacked without playing any cards and my adder killed the moon in one turn. (laughs) So there's like, you know, just like luck that, you know, it wasn't like I had this OP card. It was just, it just lined up perfectly. And it's like, it's like if you, this is a creature, it's treated as a creature. And if you play the death touch, normally it'd be like, if you do that against the boss, it'd be like, Oh, the boss is immune to death touch or something. Yes. That that's every other game ever made (laughs) is that. But again, like this is, I'm, I'm ripping this from the eggplant podcast, but I think that she's right when she said that like, it really does teach you early and I I didn't notice this while I was playing it but it's just something that is fun to think about after the fact but it teaches you early that like they cheat your opponents cheat it's cool to cheat in this game like shred them you know and like and, and, and that that idea synergizes perfectly with roguelikes which is kind of how roguelikes are already right because like the whole beauty of of roguelikes is like that gambling nature of building the op build like seeing something in your head like a strategy where you're just like if i just get like these few cards i will fucking wreck everything and this game leans into that super hard by just being like here's the card of your dreams every time you die you get to make the card of your dreams basically and then, like, maybe later you'll draw it. And then you do, and you're just like, oh, my God. <laughs> Everyone's so fucked. By the way, the photo, the death card photo should take an actual picture of you with your webcam. <laughs> would be For sick. sure. Yes. Like, I was like, I can't believe it's not doing that. My, yeah, uh, so- oh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead no, no. I was just going to say, I was going to ask what your best, like, what was your, uh, Superman death card. Like, what was your best death card you had in your playthroughs? What about you, Teddy? Um, 
don't even remember. It was a while ago. I, I, I think the first one that I beat the game with was a zero cost because I took the cost from a pelt. Uh, right, right. 3-2, which, which are the stats from the wolf with the Mantis God sigil. That's so good. deal zero cost deal nine. <laughs> yeah, I had a uh, so what was it? Do you remember? Do you remember its name? Oh my! I, my fr- I wish I had it so badly. My screenshots <laughs> weren't working. I'm so bummed about it. But my first one was Alon because it says just like type in your name, and then it was yeah. like Alan, and then it was like, and then I just started mashing on my keyboard for the rest of one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. New props. Mine was, was uh, yeah. I had a seven seven. Oh. One blood uh mantis god. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, it was uh <laughs> and it was named Big Guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's I literally like full I don't know. I'd say every other game I would get at first turn and just instantly win. Instant win. <laughs> it's yeah. And, it's insane. Yeah, and you get the overkill teeth to spend at the uh at the Oh at my the god. Trapper. I, the bowl the bowl was Spilling, it was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Spilling over uh, with teeth. I probably had two hundred teeth in that playthrough. <laughs> oh my god! I, I just real quick. It was the moon hard to beat. Never ever hard. Okay, cool. I feel like it's almost designed that like you can't lose to it because it was so bad. It was so easy. Yeah, it was yeah. Hard. I you killed just, it in like, one play... turn the first time and two turns the second time. Yeah, you so just I never play. Really knew. You just play your cards. When and positioning doesn't really matter because the moon takes up the whole board. And I feel like if you, no matter how bad your deck is, you just play a card a turn and you win. I see. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. So we've spent what thirty minutes talking about the card game. <laughs> yep. Spoiler and then, alert. Spoiler alert: the card game isn't the fucking game. Why? Why did we just spend thirty minutes talking about the not game? <laughs> yeah then it turns out you're playing the Blair Witch Project yeah exactly <laughs> yeah so yeah so did you guys get so you beat the moon you through a series of escape room activities you you also beat the game you try are basically do, you're trying to stop playing this game right so you Eventually, get the film, you take a picture of Leshy, and then the loop's broken, but you're just stuck in a dark cabin. Right? Yep. And the game's over. Or as far yep. as you're aware, you can't do anything. You, you can't do anything. So, were you guys stuck here? Did you guys... I was not stuck here. Uh, for, like, ten minutes, maybe. Yeah, okay. Did you... And it was because you were just like, I shouldn't leave. What? Well, why were you? What were you thinking when you're in the dark cabin after beating him? I was like, What the fuck am I not seeing in this room? Or like, <laughs> I'm like literally clicking every like two inches on my screen trying to find like a hidden thing in the dark and clicking on the candles, clicking on the door. Um, and then I think I, I think I spent like five minutes in the room and I was like, Okay, there's nothing to do. Then I reloaded the game the next day and I was like, Okay, there's still nothing to do. And before I figured it out. Yeah, I I knew right away because I just when I first played the game, I was trying so hard to like click new game and very much noticed that like you can't click new game. And I was like, this is cool. But like, am I doing something wrong or whatever? So when you're in the cabin and you see the new game thing, 
and you get it, I was like, oh, sick. Like something else. Like I'm going down a different path now. And like the cabin itself is just filled with all these puzzles and like weird, weird stuff. There's a safe and a knife and little puzzle games. And um, there's the locked like torture death room door. Um, And there's like, the, some of the cards, we didn't even mention this, some of the cards are talking to you too, right? So they're kind of like telling you the answer to some of the puzzles, but they're also hinting that there's more to the game, right? Because there's like, I remember the one of the quotes from the Stoat, which is one of the talking cards, is like, there's a way out for both of us somewhere in this foul, somewhere in this foul cabin, right? I remember like reading that and just being like, what? Like, so, you know, I'm trying to like free the the talking cards while beating the guy who's holding me prisoner and escaping the cabin or something like you're very slowly piecing stuff together yeah i um i so going to this i knew something was up i knew this was like kind of a meta game right a game about oh going into the game you knew that yeah but i thought i thought i got it i thought I thought I got like the escape room thing. There's puzzles. Oh, when I gouged my eye out and I got the data, like the special magic seeing eye, I was like, okay, I get what they're doing here. Like there's like some cool puzzles that can like help you play the card game. And like, okay, actually what I'm trying to do is just get out of the cabin and escape. Um, And I thought I kind of basically got it. And like maybe resetting the game so you can hit new game was like what you were going to, how you were going to like officially be done. Mm Mm-hmm. And then, right, as Alon says, you discover the new game icon, so you can finally hit new game for the first time. And you're transported into a 16-bit Pokemon (laughs) world where you're now playing basically a RPG version of this game, of the card game. Uh, uh, Like, much more deck builder-y 16-bit version of the game you were just playing. Yep. I yeah, thought it was like the f- credits. I thought it was going to be like the credits or something. And when you when you start when I started moving my character around, and it was like pick which person you want to be when you play this game. I was like, okay, this is the end of the game, right? Yeah. Like right. Th- I'm done, right? Like this is just like a ha ha ha. This is like <laughs> This is That good. was the moment where I was like, holy hell, this game is unbelievable. <laughs> like I was really blown away. I was like this is well. We didn't even really. You mentioned the Blair Witch videos, but that okay, was actually yeah. that was the first time when I was like, "This game is fucking sick." <laughs> like, it, it, I wish I could like show the Discord on YouTube right now. But basically, it, it was like two a.m. and I was like, "I don't like this game." Like, maybe I just don't like any games. Like, I'm not good enough to be on wide flank and then like four hours later it's like 6 a.m i'm like this game is fucking sick and that was because of the blair witch videos that you get to see before you go into the 16-bit world right so i don't even remember is it because you hit new game or is it after you beat the game when do they start after you beat the game i think yeah basically you just you're, you're no like longer in, playing a card game. You're watching an SD card collection yeah. of video files. Yeah, you're in, you're just like in an SD card UI, and there's like videos for you to click to play. That's all you really see. Um, I mean, should we talk about those? And they're I I think they're so good. Like they, I think they could have been really bad, and I think that they nailed it, and they're so good. 
Yeah, FM, FMV, like full, like real human videos in video games to me is so jarring. It is yeah. so yeah. unbelievably jarring. Yeah. And I've like played some of the old, I like, we watched some videos of like the old police force game or whatever. It just, it is like so strange to me. And yeah, I just loved basically this dude who is a vlogger who opens cards on live stream is looking for rare cards is basically found a real version of inscription he gets a card that has a gps location uh, right yeah, coordinates, like G- yeah gps coordinates and he goes and digs up a floppy disk that is the inscription, inscription. um and i was getting like blair rich vibes but also like the mystery of it was so reminded me so much of jumanji <laughs> where like there's something about the like fantasy as an adult that doesn't inspire me like that doesn't really like make me feel like trick me into feeling like it's real i don't get mm. like caught up in it it's like mm. oh this is like a cool bit of imagination but i don't feel excited by it mm-hmm. um but like when i was a kid jumanji i was like oh my god this is like insane like the fantasy world coming into the real world like i play games like i could imagine being this like uh hack was like uh a never-ending story right yeah, that yeah. also is yeah, that yeah. same feeling of this like almost like this could be me and inscription had this i was like wow like this is like something crazy is going on here i don't yes, know what it could yes. possibly be i've never experienced something like this before yes and, and i didn't know what it was going to be but i was just so my jaw was open as I was watching these videos. Me too. I was, I, I had the same feeling. Like, I was just like, holy fuck, this is so fucking sick. Like, I thought the coordinates were going to lead to the cabin and there was going to be an interaction, like, in the cabin. I was like, don't go in there, man. You know, like, you, you know, like when you're watching horror movies and, like, rooting for them to, like, not die or whatever. And then, yeah, it's fun to flop. It's, it was just... The actor was really good and and really real, you know, like those type of like people really exist. They're all over the internet and um, real in a kind it, of a bad, weird way. Yeah, like it, it, like he's he's cringe because it's real. Like if it wasn't <laughs> realistic, his cringe wouldn't have felt real i don't know if what i'm saying even makes sense but it was very very good and like and and totally mind-blowing it's funny i came to the same i had the same kind of aha moment or Mm. realization like that this game is so much more but it didn't come at the first sd card i was actually really not interested oh okay i this was like the my least favorite part of the game was from when i finished act one to like almost probably the end of act two and so i guess act two but like these videos i was like i just what is uh, like this is really like really a stretch i'm like (laughs) the car like the game there are cards inscription cards in real life like oh this guy's opening it's spooky i was like what is what the fuck is going on um but i did think they were i did think they were uh like I did think they were good, and I was definitely things like I've I've seen card opening videos exactly like this. In fact, that look less real than this. So yeah, I was, totally. I definitely thought it was good, um, but I was really like, 
yeah, I think then then I just proceeded to not have fun for a little while, and I was like, "Fuck, uh, fuck this, fuck whoever made this game." This is like, it was so cool. I was just starting to have fun. <laughs> so, did you awesome. just think this was like a gimmick, or did you think there was something bigger going on here? You just didn't care, or I think I just didn't care. I just I had kind of been filling in my own idea of what was going on around the game in the cabin, mm. and like my own the like I was trying to guess what the mythos was and then uh then it just kind of like threw a wrench into what i kind of understood everything to be and i just didn't respond well i was like oh so yeah i don't know i just it took me a while to kind of get back on board and to kind of buy into what they had put together what do you think is fine i yeah i was just yeah like, no it just i didn't basically work, had to didn't ex- work on you yeah, yeah I, I had the exact reaction later you know oh interesting oh so you you still were in just at a different point in the game yes exactly like this was just not it and then towards the end of the second act it really it kind of clicked and i was really interested in the broader story and what they were so where so yeah where in the second act did you? yeah yeah just keep going i think probably at the end of the second act yeah well when i I, when i I was done with i think like going to botopia I think like the magician, the final fighting the magician. Yeah, mm. I, I agree. I actually think I, I was kind of thinking still it was going to be over or like they very quickly the game was going to oh, be right, resolved. Right. Yeah. And so I was kind of just like, OK, I'll just like wrap this up like, I'm, you know, I got it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, this was crazy wild. Like after I watched those videos and I was walking around and then I kind of realized like there was a lot more to do. and. Then once, yeah, once I started talking to the wizard's apprentices, I was like, I was cracking up. I was like, I wanted to see what was in the next room. I wanted to see more of the writing. It was like, like, in a very small way, I was back on board in the game. I wasn't like super interested in the whole larger mythos and like what was going on with the card opener. I wasn't as excited about that, but I was like, yeah, what, whatever this writing, these, these uh these little bits of storytelling i'm i'm totally in for yeah there yeah yeah i i mean there's i i already spoke about how like my first three four hours i was like i'm not really into this card game like i i just feel like i'm playing the same map over and over again like i'm getting cheesed by like cheating bosses who just like spawn four four twos on my board and just kill me in one turn i'm like oh cool i have to play the same map again you know like there was a lot of that but there was also just I mean, we've we've talked about a lot of it already, and it continues further into the game. There's just always something that was there for me to cling on to. When I wasn't liking the card game, I was loving the music. I was loving the vibe. I was loving the cabin, right? Like, when I... The Blair Witch Project, like, blew me away. And then the 16-bit, I was like, oh, my God, I have to learn four more card games now? Like, there's... There's four new mechanics in this game now, and I have to build a deck like, fuck me, you know? But also, I was like, this is so cool uh, that I'm playing Pokemon Deck Builder now. And, like, you know, like, there was always something. Um, And, yeah, for me, the first, the Blair Witch was definitely something that was like, whoa, I what the hell is going on? But um, I could see how it'd be... I mean, I mean, I guess that's something that's really good about the game is that there's sort of something for everyone in a in a way, right? Like, it doesn't matter which point 
like sucks you in as long as you're in because like the payoff is like worth it like feels like the payoff's always going to be worth it yeah Yeah, i I have a no no, i just wanted i just wanted to slide slide this in which i have a note from i I think i was like three quarters of the way through act two i was like just getting ready to go to the magician's tower and i have a (laughs) I feel the same way about this game as I do about Bohemian Rhapsody, <laughs> which I was like, I get why people think this is amazing. And, but it's also like, this should just be, they just should have written more than one song or like, this is just like multiple songs at once. <laughs> and I was like, I guess that's cool, but it's also cheating. Like I always say like the, the Abbey road medley in the Beatles album is like, if this was one, if these were all one song, it'd be the greatest song of all time and way better than Bohemian Rhapsody. But they decided to not be like hacks and like, just make them separate songs. But, uh, and I felt that cause yeah, I was like, I have to, I'm like building a deck now, which I've never had to do. had never had to do. I'm like, right. I have to learn the, I have to learn these new stupid power puzzles that I never understood. Yeah. Even after solving all of them. I kind of don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I don't, I could not explain <laughs> it to you. I know that if I put a zero on something, it goes to zero, it becomes a zero, but then yeah. <laughs> sometimes you put a plus one, it doesn't do anything. And sometimes you do it plus yep. ones, everything I, around I it. I feel the exact same way. Yeah. And I just, you know, bullshit in my way through it. But then also like you get to the magician's tower and like there's mox cards and there's, ruby and sapphire emblems that affect your cards it's just like i don't give a fuck yeah <laughs> i was like yeah. i just want to finish this game and make my fucking podcast episode about it <laughs> um, i could totally see that and i i he mentions that so daniel mullins is on the eggplant episode that I, i've mentioned a couple times already but he he like was getting negative feedback when the game first came out and He's a big card game guy and kind of just assumed that people who played this were going to be like card game people. <laughs> and what he didn't anticipate was like roguelike heads or strategy game heads or just gamer people who don't play card games being like, what the fuck? Like, I, I don't want to build a deck. I don't know how to build a fucking deck from scratch. You know, like, I don't know how many squirrels to put in my deck. Fuck this. You know what I mean? And I just, yeah, it's just like... You know, there, he added like an auto build feature and stuff like that. And, yeah. Right. There are definitely cards I had in my deck that I didn't know how to use that. I was just like, this is a I know it has health, so it's going to defend against an attack. And that's all <laughs> I need to know. <laughs> and Dude, I, I was yeah. and I was the polar opposite of like Danny. And I was like, this is the perfect deck. I literally made the uh, right, perfect right. deck. It was unbe- <laughs> unbeatable. I was like this. I know exactly. I'm going to win every fight on like turn three. It's like, this is over. <laughs> yeah. My deck was absolute shit in this section too, which was not good. I had a, um, my first, I tried to make like a bone deck work the whole time where I just mm. had like 10 skeletons. Yeah. I was like, they'll just die and I'll get tons of bones. Then I'll have like these really strong bone cards that come yeah, in like yeah. turn three. And it just, there just aren't that many good bone cards, which so just never worked. And it like took me so long. <laughs> Once I had spent all this time trying to figure out this mechanic, I was like, I'm not doing this again. I'm like, I'm not putting my faith in a new yeah. build. And eventually I got I, like, I a get deck it. that's just good enough. I totally get it. I totally <laughs> get it. That it's just like like that was like that section was for me. You yes, know, like yes, that was that exactly. section was for magic magic players and like i love building hearthstone decks it's like i i almost like building hearthstone decks more than i like playing hearthstone like i love (laughs) trying to find the perfect balance like perfect synergies like everything working out 
you know, just everything in its right place or whatever. But, um, so that this part was perfect for me, but I, I totally get it. I was still, even that said, I was still like, oh, do I need to like put orange, green, and blue orbs into my deck? Like, I, I don't want those in my deck. I have the 5959 Hour <laughs> Like, I don't need this other shit, right? I was really <laughs> worried that like my my really sick deck was only going to work against Leshy, who's the cabin guy, and it wasn't going to work against the other scribes, the magician, the the fucking death woman, and what's the other one? The, uh... Oh, the computer. The PO3. But, um... Yeah, but I, I, I loved it. But I, I t- also totally get, like, being frustrated by a lot of those things. I love... I don't know exactly the best time to talk about this, but I love the way people's tone change in our channel for inscription, like (laughs) talking about the card game mechanics, talking about this, this is really hard, this sucks, and then just like, wow. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) This game is crazy. This game is so good. Like, what's going on? (laughs) (laughs) It's it's just... uh, that evolution and then like just not really knowing how to talk about it if for spoiler risk but also just like <laughs> how to talk about it like every time we i was farther along than you guys when we would do our podcast like meetings, meetings to like yeah. check in with the game and you guys are just all talking about the card game mechanics and, and you're just like <laughs> and i'm just like this is so fucking great like i just like this is exactly what i want i'm so glad like blessed that i get to be in this position like i know how much you're it's going to change for you it was like, I know. so exciting. i i really hope that i get to watch our friends play like i really hope damon buys this game and streams himself playing yes it. yes like i just want to watch so badly. i really want to watch like i think it'll be so fascinating to see like what they think about the card game what they think about the transitions like the reaction and like all of that stuff I, I'm, I'm dying to see it yeah and then yeah so i mean it's a whole new it's also it's not just a whole new area it's a whole new like plot point and direction for the overarching story of the game to move in so there's these four scribes they're called which are basically just like the bosses like we the ones we mentioned and then you beat all four and then you go to another entirely new area botopia yeah so you basically beat this section of the game right and you're teleported back into a 3d world and I don't know about you guys, but I was like, I, I was kind of lukewarm on this area. It sounds like you were too, Danny, but I still enjoyed parts of it. And when I was in, came to Botopia, I was like, the, like the music was on, the colors were really like blue. And yeah, I was just like, oh my God, this is so cool. Like, I thought it looked so cool too. Like the way you attack in like the first act and the second act I, like i don't even really know like nothing comes to mind of like the anim- the attack animation but in in botopia you're basically in like a computer world um in like a hard drive almost you're playing like against computer virus basically and like the way that your cards attack is like a fucking like huge shotgun like <laughs> shoots the empty space it looks so cool i'm like holy shit this is awesome were you into this danny or were you like oh god another area 
Uh, no, I, actually, when I first got there, I, yeah, I was psyched because it looked more like Act One. Yeah, it's like okay, like we're kind of going to like a new version of this, and yeah, I mean, it just was like it was beautiful, and I was thinking a lot about how good the visuals of this game are in this section, um, and I, uh, yeah, so I was I I was back on board at this point in the game. I was uh, I was ready to. I think again, I was just I was kind of cur- because it had taken me so long to get to this point in the game, and I knew how long it had taken people I knew like people in the Discord <laughs> to finish it. I was yeah. kind of like, man, I gotta finish this game. And I was like, and then when I saw like there are four points I have to get to in Botopia, I was like, also, oh, bot- I'm such bot- an idiot. Botopia, it's Botopia. Yeah. <laughs> I've said Botopia this whole time. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I do. I love Botopia, and I think I think we should just call it that. But holy shit, I'm so dumb. Um, but wow, uh, I'm so embarrassed. I'm so horrified. Oh, it's because of the one T, right? Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it's his. It's Daniel Mullen's fault, not our. Yeah, fault. fuck him. Dude. Yeah. He's Canadian. Yeah, I just love that. Like, there's so much about this game that took me so long to figure out and you guys like mastered so much more quickly and then it's like <laughs> the name of the robot <laughs> yeah. world is ba- botopia also i called him poe oh yeah oh, it's called it po3 but yeah it could be poe yeah it is poe probably because there's a lot of like leet talk in this game yeah 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 wow so dumb again Wow, I'm learning so uh, I'm much. I'm always <laughs> impressed by how how dumb I am and how much I <laughs> Dude, you literally, you literally make the Hearthstone decks for fun. You're not dumb. Yeah, it's true. But so this area, again, like Danny said, it's, it's more similar to Act 1. It's more of like a straightforward single-player card game, deck builder, roguelike type of thing. You're back in that. With, you know, there's new mechanics. There's... There's new power-ups. There's a lot of like cool stuff. And then there's four more bosses that you have to navigate to to beat this area. But some, these, some of these bosses are the coolest parts of the game. Like some of the most like, oh my fucking God, this game is so cool moments for me. Um, right. This like is, I said, yeah. The, the oh, game, no, the game's starting to lag for me again. Like, yeah, yes. Towards the end of this section. I'm like, okay, like the charm's worn off. Am I going to have to play two more characters also? Am I going right, to Right, right. And I'm like, oh no. Uh but yeah, so what basically the first good boss you fight is the librarian, right? Or is it the inner is it or the, the archivist? I think the librarian is was is the last boss. I don't remember yes, the order. Yes. Yeah, so it's the the internet person is the next is like Oh my god, it's so cool. So you listen to the eggplant pod, right, Teddy? Yeah. So like she told a story on that because she was one of the beta testers in the game. So basically in this fight, you like make a custom card and then send it to somebody. And he's just like, you know, all that happens is like an animation happens and he's like, I'm sending it or whatever. And here's, and you get someone else's custom card, but you don't really know. But she said on this podcast, since she was in the beta test, it was sort of a small community of people that she posted on the discord. Like, 
because she got an incredible card, an incredible random card that someone else made. She posted in the Discord and was like, hey, who made this? Like, this card kicks ass. And the guy replied and was like, I made that. Like, I'm so happy you got it. So, like, it actually sends a card to a random other inscription player and you're actually receiving card from another other random inscription player it could be a complete troll like worthless card it could be the most broken card in the game like i fucking love that so cool did you get a card yeah from someone else yeah oh wow did you no or it it like said like uh hmm like i'm not finding anything and it just and it just gave me my card back though what it but it does when it gives you your card back it says i hope you weren't trying to troll anyone (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but uh, that's awesome no i, I was got bummed, like a random yeah. card yeah oh damn that's too bad i made such a good card me too or i th- what i th- i thought it was a good card i do think it was a good card but when i got my card from the internet i was like oh wow that's a good card <laughs> like someone made me a this fucking is yeah this <laughs> is pod racing it was it was awesome i was like also it was just the guy's name was so funny. Like the whatever names are so funny. The way the cards look are so funny. Like there, it's just like such a cool. Like when I've never played a FromSoft game, but, but people talk about this in like Dark Souls and stuff. And I see people talk about Elden Ring all the time. There's like notes on the ground. They they're so stupid. Like I've I've watched people play, and it's like butthole here or whatever. And I'm like. That's not funny. Like I, I, I just don't like the interaction. It's like, I think the first thing I would do is like shut them off. But this isn't a Dark Souls pod. But like this kind of interaction where you just like get a random thing from some that someone else made, I think was like incredible and like so clever and so cool. Yeah. And there's more of this. There's more. There's more interactivity. <laughs> the should we? You guys just want to talk about the archivist? Did you? Um. What do they ask you first? You like what's your oldest file, or is it no? Your- first, first you choose a your a biggest file. Yeah. So first you find a, your biggest file. Like so, this guy, this boss, the archivist, accesses your actual hard drive on your computer, and then asks you for like your biggest file to deal damage to him. So I'm like going through my C drive, like finding two gigabyte videos that I've edited and stuff and like click double clicking that. And then like, it goes onto the scale to like deal damage to him basically. Right. And that's instead of, instead of like teeth falling or whatever, literally a fi- yeah. like giant file. A cube giant falls file. On. Yeah. I also like found a really small one first. And what I did just, he say? And he was just like, I think you could do better or something. And then I found like a bigger one. And I was then I found a huge one. And just like seeing that giant cube fall yeah. out after seeing yeah. the other one fall out, it was just like so satisfying. I was like, oh, I yeah, like I found my my video clip folder, and yeah, it's yeah. easy to dump these huge files on him. Ah, uh, it's it was so cool. And then <laughs> yeah, you have to find like your oldest file. So oh, right. and I was so mad because I I just wiped. Like clean installed Windows in a new hard drive. No. Like in January. It's just like fuck. Literally my <laughs> oldest files like four months. Twenty twenty one. Yeah. <laughs> so I so I have a new solid state that so nothing is old on there basically. It's like a year old, but I also have my old hard drive, which I didn't wipe, which I don't use anymore, but it's still accessible on my computer. And so I literally was going through like all these old files from like 
I don't know, from when I first got my computer. And it was like, I've like never, I haven't interacted with these in so yeah, long. Yeah. And it was like so funny. I like see all these like PUBG clips and stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. just like to go through this, like this, it was like not even my, oh, like an old files on this thing. It was like old files, like on an older version of my computer. And it was so um, emotional for me. It yeah. was like, I was really like digging through my past and I'm sure they're like, even if you just dig through your own files, like trying to find your oldest file, this would happen as well. But I was like, really, I don't know. Like I was, I was playing and we, we can probably talk more about this maybe starting now, but like I was playing the history of myself and the knowledge of the dates of my files in order to beat this guy, this game, right? Like, like this is not what I thought I was going to be doing in, le- in the cabin when I first started playing. Yeah, it, it immediately made me think of all of the really cool little, you know, I guess call them like secret interactions in Metal Gear Solid. Like the stuff that we talked about, but also a lot of the stuff that I didn't know about that you guys told me about on the podcast. You know, just like, you know, you, you mentioned the memory card thing, and, you know, various other stuff like that, where... I really like this is like I thought this was so well done and so magical and so cool and like nothing I haven't really heard or seen of anything that was this well done since probably that those Metal Gear Solid that Metal Gear Solid episode for me. Yeah, and I mean I complain I've complained about it or I talked about it on that episode and probably yeah. a couple others where and I think I also on the last of us episode where like I just no game has excited me with like a creative design choice like this other than the metal gear solid games and this was this was the first time that not only did i feel like okay this is on par or they did something similarly exciting i was like blow i was like this is fucked up like this is crazy and then when they say (laughs) like when you choose your oldest file and it's like it's gonna get deleted if it dies as like well, the game can open my hard drive. I assume it can delete something on it. I was like, I, and it was it was my first Tarkov clip from like this past year. I was like, oh my god, I think this is a sick clip. <laughs> like, I'm trying to remember which one it was. Yeah, like I chose a photo from 2010 of me and my brothers. That was yeah. the like I just went to my pictures folder, and this is the oldest one. And then he's like, if it dies, I'm gonna delete it. And he, and he shows the picture on, like, the yeah. display. So I'm just staring at a picture of me with my two brothers, and I'm like, fuck. Like, <laughs> is he going to delete my photo? Like, I didn't, I wasn't paying that close of attention where I placed it on the board, you right. know? It's just, like, it's just in play now. Um, yeah, and the, uh, there's also, the other thing that happens in this fight, or one of these fights, is, uh, the enemy turns your steam friends into cards. Yes. yes. And so like Daigo and Greg, <laughs> Greg's like cat icon are attacking me. I was like, what the fuck? Daigo's like a one damage, 14 health card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The steam friends is like great. Another great, like just in like I, Metacritic. yeah, I, I remember you guys telling me about a, a metal gear example of like when you, are like sniping a guy and then you change the time on your memory card and then he dies of old age or something like that. Like, it's so cool to hear about that stuff 
But this is the first time I feel like I uniquely experienced it on my own with no prior knowledge that anything like this was even coming. Like this is my this is really my only opportunity for even that. Like I knew about some of the Metal Gear shit before I even played it, you know? Just some of the like, you know, really famous popular interactions. This is the first time where I was like Oh my god, this is so fucking cool. Like, I can't believe that, like, Teddy and Hayden are on the board as my Steam friends, and I have a picture of my brothers in play, and, like, just everything was just so fucking cool. Yeah, so it it might be because, the virtue by virtue of this being an indie game, or... Yeah. Um, but, like, the that's thing from Metal Gear Solid 3 where you change the clock like that's not the only way to beat it right there's like there's still yeah. a typical way you can beat it that's like basically an easter egg that's not really yeah. part of the game right right and, right right and what I think is special about this is we're all he's basically doing that plus also like the move your controller plus I know you like Konami games I'm reading your memory card and I'm looking at your history yeah. and it's it's so much of those things we've experienced and you just have to interact with it in like a really deliberate way. And it was, uh, maybe with like the passage of time, maybe they were as profound when that first happened, but like right, right. this to me was just like, like, Oh my God, I, I just am in, in awe. I mean, but I do I, think that that's a good point that it's, it's, these are very much not Easter eggs. This is a, necessary boss fight and the only way to do the fights is this way there's no other option there's no other play around there's no other like whatever alternate route route or whatever the fuck so yeah i mean you can play through metal gear and basically experience like almost none of the easter eggs you know except for maybe the reading of your memory card depending on when you play it and what like port of it but this game it's just like so ingrained in it and and it it does it like like the cabin with like the world building and the aesthetics and the vibe and all that stuff it's it really like puts you in this cyber you know world like at your act three like you're in there like you feel like you're in a computer in that moment i feel like the i mean basically when you first fight the internet boss and then uh the game is just like a non-stop like i'm just absolutely in love with this game until yes, the yeah, very me end too. me too like this climax just unbelievable and unreal you basically you 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 win you beat the you beat poe and then the robot and then it turns out through, I think, more videos, but also the other characters in the game who aren't the robot, Leshy and the other bosses, the wizard. They basically say this game is evil, right? You need to delete this game. Uh, we got to get rid of it. Yeah. And so basically they conspire with you to stop the robot from uploading the video game inscription onto the Internet and just deleting it forever once and for all. Um. And so, like, basically the next the next phase of the game is, uh, I think it's Leshy who's like, I just want to play the game with you again. Or is yeah. it the Bones? Or is it Bones? It's so good. I think... Well, I no, mean, Leshy. Well, I guess both, but Leshy both, in yeah. particular. I think Grimora, like, is challenging you 
but Leshy is like, please, just like we won't keep score. Just like please keep playing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The, the there's like a bar. The game's being deleted from your computer. Yeah, that's key. Like this whole from that point on, which I I don't even know how long it was because that my brain was just exploding and you know but like you're just seeing like every file in the game being deleted with a bar like if you highlighted every file on your windows computer and press delete like that's what you're seeing and so slowly every asset in the game is disappearing and while that's happening you go ahead right like you're you're saying danny like you're playing leshy and then suddenly the scale gets deleted and he's like it's okay we don't need to keep score i just want to play the game with you and it's like this really kind of like sad moment where you're yeah. just like you are playing the game and score doesn't matter. And then like things start getting deleted and like the world. He's like, oh, I thought we had more time. I just want to shake your hand. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone tries to shake your hand at the end. But then, then we oh, go God. to then we go to the Gramora world or whatever. And you're like, oh, my God, do I have to pull? He basically yeah. has created a whole a whole nother 3D world. Yeah. where you are playing Grimora, the bone version of the game. And I was like, wow, I'm about to play a Act bone. Four. Act four, <laughs> like a bone version of the game. And I don't know if I want to do it, but what just happened was like actually amazing. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, okay, maybe, maybe yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm up for it. But you don't. Like it just deletes it. And it's like, it, it seemed like he just perfectly, he knew perfectly not to overstate the welcome yes. of the game. Yes, yeah. Right? He was like, I'm going to, I'm going to drop this here. I'm going to like expose you to it. You're going to know it, it was here and you, you're going to basically use your imagination. You kind of know what would, what would happen. And mm-hmm. then the game's just that section of the game's just deleted. And that's, that's all yeah. you see of it. Yeah. So once you're done with Leshy, you like go to the magician's like battlefield and it's literally like a Yu-Gi-Oh duel. You like have the Yu-Gi-Oh arm deck piece and you like play magicians who appear in and like actually physically hit each other when you attack it's like it's just even even in the moment where it's things are like being deleted there's just like oozing with creativity and effort you know (laughs) it's 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 amazing i wish i got like a quote from matt because matt's wife is doing two weeks so he was like there's no chance that i'm gonna play this game because i warned him i was i was playing inscription and we were gonna play league and i was like i'm at like the very end like just wait for me to finish this and he wanted to see it and so i was like just making sure you're never ever gonna play this game and he was like yeah so all he saw was like grimora into the magician part that you just ended while all the files were being deleted (laughs) that's all he's ever seen of inscription and i was like this is like not what the game is like this is just fucking crazy you're just seeing like the crazy crazy ending to this game so sick so cool so yeah. I was so happy when, you know, like at how it ended. I loved it. Do you guys want to talk about the the video stuff? The what the vlogger? Yeah, the vlogger, like his finale. Not really. Okay, cool. Um I'm I'm, I'm satisfied. Yeah, I mean it was cool. I feel like it was kind of cool early on and then by the end it was way less interesting interesting than what was happening in inscription. Right. Yeah. 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 So totally. it was sick. It is sick that he gets his fucking head blown off, but 
Yeah, I mean, it was just a it was a wild ride. I think when people say when people describe experiences as roller coasters, they mean they go up and they go down. But I would describe this game as a roller coaster in the sense that like you're going up very slowly at the beginning of a very high, steep roller coaster, and you don't really know what the experience is going to be once you hit the climax, and you're kind of scared, but you're also kind of just in there. You're just buckled in, and then you just fucking fly. (laughs) Like, you just fucking soar and hit top speed in one second, and you're just going for it. It just, like, goes, goes wild. The one, the one thing I do want to say about Luke, the card, the cardster, the, the vlogger, yeah. the vlogger is like, why is he playing this game? And I was also wondering, like, why am I playing this game besides that we're, you know, we're, yeah, paid, yeah. we're, we're paid by our supportive community <laughs> to do it is like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Like, the, like the mystery of it was so, uh, alluring to me like yeah in specifically of me the too. game um i was like what's gonna happen next and i don't know that i just feel like i, I it's usually like i want to play games because they're fun or i'm curious but like this this was i don't know there was something about this where i was like what the fuck could possibly happen the next time i play this game and so yeah that that was just uh I felt kind of kinship with him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, <clears throat> I, love that. I feel the same way. And there's also so- something that we somehow haven't mentioned at all is there's tons of secrets. There's tons of like other stuff you can do, like these other puzzles that you can figure out that lead to something else. And like you can unlock different cards and items and go to different worlds and like have different, you know, experiences and interactions with different you know, I want to say people, but like blobs or things in the game or whatever. But it's like, I'm agreeing with everything you just said today, where it's like, I was constantly like sort of intrigued and like, what the fuck's going to happen? But also what Daniel Mullen said about the existence of secrets and stuff is that the question that they asked him was, you know, do you mind basically if, cause you made all of these incredible things, but like, do you mind if people don't see some of the things or don't find some of the things like they're missing out on stuff that you made that you like or whatever. And he basically said the, like the, just the mere existence of it enriches the experience for people who don't find it because maybe they'll read about it after, or maybe they've read about it before or there, someone else will tell them, about, tell them about it. And it just adds to what Teddy was describing with like the overall mystique around the experience. So even if you didn't uncover it, you still know that there's stuff there and you know that like the experience could have been even like more rich. And like it makes everything more out there. Yeah. It makes everything you find feel special because yeah. not everything you're fine. Like if you found every secret, the secrets aren't special, right? Because right, right. you find all of them, but because right. you only found half, you're like, oh, I did something cool to find this secret. Yeah, and that, there's like, that makes them rewarding. It's like that paired with, you know, those Botopia fights that we talked about where like 
that's a unique experience. Like we all had the experience, but it's unique to you because it's your hard drive. It's like all of these things just, I think, made it a really special, like amazing game experience overall. Yeah, cool. I, I just had the one one last thing I wanted to say was the uh, I played the last like two hours of the game in our office, which is <laughs> a hazard zone because of a sewage leak into our floorboards, Ugh. hydrogen sulfide in the air, destroying our my lungs. I was double masked. Like feeling like with a headache, and I just couldn't stop playing. I was so I was like exhausted and wanted to go to bed, but I was just so captivated by that like closing yeah. sequence. So yeah. it's just, yeah, it's it's amazing. Yeah, really, really great game. So should I, we? Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I want to talk about the. Um, I couldn't find a good place to slot this in, but I. This game is like the one of the best games I've ever played, but. I think the two things I love about it so much are in direct opposition to each other. Interesting. So, so I think like Luke's story is you specifically that the game is being played by Luke is you're sort of like watching this happen and you're watching this person put together this mystery. And I really like that component of the game, but then on the other end, the game is responding to how you play the game and specifically you're going through your files, your right. Right. Um, and so like, I, I, I feel like the game could have like really made this all about you. Like actually, even though I like both of them, I think just sticking with one. So like get rid of the whole Luke storyline and basically be like, you downloaded this game inscription and you can't hit new game. You have to hit continue. And suddenly now you're in this fight with Poe. Are you going to upload this to the internet or not? Mm Because like if you're just kind of doing Luke's thing, it doesn't quite have the same gravity. Like it's not Luke's files. It's um, my files. It's my files, right? And the game sort of is doing that for a lot of it. It's playing with you. It's like you name the cards, right? Exactly. Customize the cards. They're your 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 Steam friends, like. It's also like when I I know I said Mantis got his OP when I played it for the second time. (laughs) You know, right? Also, also I don't think you need his reactions. I actually thought that was sort of like a weird, like a weird fourth I wall breaking funny. i liked it it, it was yeah. fu- it was fine it was fine it was funny but it was like it yeah, was yeah. not it was not as special to me as what was happening towards yes. the end of the game i agree with that yeah i i, I almost like I was fine with it because I didn't put it together until like late enough in the game that I was like, oh, I see. I'm Luke. Like uh, the way I kind of interpreted the story for most of my playthrough was like, this is like the origin of the problem. And I'm a different player now. Like, like I'm learning about inscription through these videos. I'm not Luke was sort of what I thought was happening until like you get further along and you realize you know and you have his like gravestone and stuff like that um so i never like you know ran into that issue of being like oh i wish i wasn't luke because i'm really not luke i'm me 
Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I can't help but agree with what you're saying. Like, it doesn't really make sense. And even though I liked the Blair video, Blair Witch videos, and I was all in on them, it like that. It's like separation of church and state. Love that. Love that you went there. <laughs> <laughs> Two great things, but they just shouldn't go together. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. exactly. Oh my god. <laughs> Fucking awesome, dude. <laughs> Should we do ratings? Anything yeah. else we want to talk about? Um, yeah, there is other stuff I want to talk about. Okay, sorry, no problem. Don't be sorry. I want to um, talk too. I could go forever. I'm fucking done. Danny's Danny's logging off. Oh, I know what I was gonna say. Fuck. Yes. Um. So, I read I read read recently like a bunch of the. Not a bunch. I read, reread like the Roger Ebert thing, like video games aren't art. Video games will never make you cry. Oh, right, that right, bullshit, right, right, right. right? Like, obviously, he's an idiot for saying that. Um, <laughs> but like, this game to me is not only like such an impeccable piece of art, like just such a, a such proof that video games are like capable of so much. They are uniquely capable so like he i think he said famously like uh like video games won't make you cry and i just think like that's obviously not true even with like narrative-based video games but i'll take his strong point which is like mechanically focused games are not are exciting and thrilling and he likes them but they're not about evoking emotion they're not about like they're not like great poetry or whatever he thinks um but nothing, no other medium could do something so strange and personal right. as video games. Like this, Doug was saying something, we were talking for a long time, and we were dancing around all these different things about this game. Like He was like, I want games to be like this, but obviously I don't want any other game to be like this. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, I think what we're saying is that this is like a quintessential video game. Like this is the video game fully realized, the full potential of like what the medium is possibly capable of. Mm. Um, like if you would, I, I would have never imagined something like this was possible ten years ago. And oh, it's not even no that way. Yeah, it's like, not even that like fundamentally groundbreaking. Yeah, yeah. it's just. Um, yeah, like just going. I, I think even other games like went into your hard drive in the past and stuff. Just all of this together, all uh, just really. I was like, this is a uniquely game experience, and yeah. this is like even. I think we've talked about this. Even if you like hate video games and you made it to the end of this podcast somehow, like just go play this game because I not hate video games. I don't know. Well, it, I think it's worth playing because it's it shows the potential of the medium in such a special one direction way i think like maybe other yeah. people are exploring other directions yeah. but i just was was like wow i like i want to show this to everybody like this should be in like a museum right I yeah think this that, like, is... i don't know what postmodernism means that's why i'm not talking about it but the reason that like some a word like that came to mind is because this does feel like a post where video games are game like whatever we want to call post contemporary games like this is like a post 
commercial games on Steam. This is post like a normal A to B start to finish game, right? Like whereas like we've 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 constantly mentioned Slay of the Spire on in on this episode. I probably have a thousand hours in Slay of the Spire. I fucking love Slay, Slay of the Spire, but it is more the Roger Ebert type of game where it's just a fun game that I like playing versus this which is like post slay post contemporary post like almost any game i've ever played and more towards the art focus i i agree with pretty much everything you said i think it's awesome yeah and i think it's i think it's telling that this i don't know i i I was kind of hung up on this when i realized it won this like game developer award where for 25 years it's been just like the biggest blockbuster right you know 10.0 10.0 on uh like Eurogamer uh and then this uh, you know ten, perfect score on edge or whatever and then this game this game like out of nowhere this indie game they're like oh yeah this it's like the other game that ju- that is like an outlier on this list is journey and i think like they you know it, it's totally in that they're definitely in that same yeah. bracket yeah to be honest journey like that's ten, that's a 10 year old game when I played that, I probably felt some of the same things that we're talking about now, where I was just like, oh my god, this is just next level in every fucking way I've ever seen. It's a good comp. Yeah. And ten years before that was Metroid Prime. <laughs> was the game of the year on that. Um, yeah, I mean, to be fair, 2021 was a pretty weak, weak year, but... <laughs> <laughs> um... Everyone should play Frog Fractions. The spoiler is that it's similar to this. I, it's like, <laughs> it'll take you about an hour. It's a fucking amazing. It's the first game I played that was kind of like this. That just kind mm-hmm. of subverted your expectations. And uh, yeah, we should all talk about it later. Maybe we can do a side game club about this. Yeah, let's do a side side game club. Because I also want to play more Arcane Kids games. Yes, okay. They, this also made me think of that kind of stuff. Cool. And maybe yeah. we'll slide in some Doki Doki. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe this is a Patreon episode or something where we yeah. just do like the extended universe game club of the game club. <laughs> Love it. Okay. Uh, um, ratings. Let's ratings. Yeah, let's ratings. Um, I'll so go first. S- yeah, senses. What are you thinking, Danny? Senses three, one hundred percent. No doubt. Teddy. Yeah, senses three. I'm I'm the same. Uh, Dude, ne- the- didn't even think about it. The fucking when you go back to and you're playing, it really click, became a three when you play Leshy in as the game's getting deleted, and you hear the deck like the crispness of the cards. You get receive your hand. The music plays and like all those sounds. I was like, ugh, this is. I'm so glad to be back in the cabin. For me, it was like ten hours earlier than that. I, the boss music in ugh. Leshy's cabin in Act One. The so ramping good. up of like the clanking when you're trying like so hard early on, you're so weak. There's gold in them cards. Yeah, like and, and and the the angler is like it's like so like demonic and like oh my god, I was like this is like that. Remember we we talked about it in an early meeting. I was like I can't believe this didn't win best audio in that same award show. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck is unpacking? How did this game not win best sound design? Like it's unreal. 
Um, and I also love the way it looks. Like, it's so creepy and unique in the cabin. Like, obviously, I love the, like, Game Boy 8-bit zone and then the really cool Cyber Zone. Like, it's just, yeah, it's just brilliant. Yeah. Um, what about fun? That's, a, that's kind of a harder one, I think. Because I definitely, I don't think any of us had three out of three fun the whole time, right? It wasn't a fucking rip-roaring banger of fun. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a two. Two is really good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean Halo One was a two. Wow. Wow. I had less fun. The share of fun that I had the percentage of the time that I was having fun in this game was less than Prey, though. So I'm gonna give it a two. Because Prey I gave Prey a three. I mean, the library in Halo is significantly worse than any part in this game. <laughs> Like by a huge margin, right? Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> like the 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 valleys in Halo were way deeper. Yes, <laughs> yes. And that game is co-op. <laughs> I I think I'm a two. Also, I think that it. I don't know what a three is. I don't know if I've ever played a three, to be honest, in fun fun rating because there were moments of frustration in this game and there were moments where i was like i really don't want to keep playing the same map of this card game over again this isn't fun you know and i spent a long time in the 8-bit world powering up my broken ass card to infinity so i could one shot every enemy like that wasn't fun i was grinding um but it was overall a very fun experience yeah i mean i was thinking about this i think like it's sort of how boundary pushing it is or out of the box for lack of a better word. Like Mm -hmm. it's fun is not what I would use to describe it. And like, it's a, it's like a criticism of games almost that we have fun as a category. Yes. 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 Right. Like I think it's a one, a one in terms of fun. Yeah. You're talking me into a one, but like, we should have something else there instead of fun, right? It should be like, was your mind blown? <laughs> well, I'm changing it. I'm changing mine to a one as well. And then we can go. We do have something else, which is recommended. Right. I think it's a three out of three for me. So I'm giving it a three out of three recommend, meaning every, I think every fucking person should play this game, even if you're not a gamer. I'm giving it a three out of three in the senses, which means I think it's fucking so sick looking the music and sound is incredible and everyone should check it out it's not that fun but not everything's fun like not every movie i like is funny you know like (laughs) like it's the same thing not every song i like is upbeat and happy like it doesn't have (laughs) to be like that right i guess but i guess that I agree, but I do think that still pokes a hole in our rating system right yeah when we're reviewing music we don't have like an upbeat yeah how yeah like it, the equivalent would be like, can you work out to this? Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, <laughs> what the oh fuck is God. that? All right. We're, we might have to adjust the rating, the ratings. No, and, and like maybe, you know, this game has taught us something. Well, I just, I just think I like that we're not, I hope we don't use the rating system as like, is a nine out of nine the best game ever? Right. 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 Um, True. And, and like, the yeah, best this, game ever are the three out of three recommends. Right. Pretty much. Like yeah. we I mean, I gave, you Prey, don't really I gave Prey a nine, and it's you, definitely not the best game ever. You don't need 
senses and fun. They're just more descriptive, I guess. But recommend is really where we're giving it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, three out of three recommend for me, for sure. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. Wow. Highest highest overall scoring game by far for us. Yeah. That feels great. It was a fucking banger. Mm-hmm. I was a little offended when Hayden was like, it's a cute game. What did he say? Like, oh, he's like, why? His question was, why don't I have questions for you guys about this game? I've been trying to think of one for days. There's nothing there. It's a cute game. That's all I got. I was like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> I mean, I we, lo- we, love, we love you. His Hayden. extrapolation later on is even true, though, right? It's like, I, I'm just going to read the whole thing. Uh, read the whole thing. Hayden, Hayden, Comrade Hack. That he doesn't have a question for us. He says, I think it has something to do with the fact that the game has so many different layers, like it's a card game and also a puzzle game. And then the card game and the puzzle games each have their own unique iterations in each act. And then it also has a multi-layered story with the struggle for power between the four scribes, plus the meta story about Luke Carter told by the videos. On its own, each bit is kind of shallow and forgettable, but as a package, it's a totally unique experience. And it's about the experience of playing, and this is the part I really love, and it's about the experience of playing video games. And since we all play a lot of games, there isn't much to say about something that's just about the experience of video games. And I think it's a revelation for us about playing video games for ourselves too, right? It's like, it's it's about playing video games, but almost we've been playing games too much to like even know what it is about what like we're actually doing here right and what the what we come to expect right like we all came into this like we're reviewers we're we have a podcast i'm gonna talk about this card game i know what i'm gonna say i'm gonna tell everyone how it is i'm fucking legend in hearthstone suck my dick i'm gonna fucking kill this review yeah it's not like (laughs) no it's not like you don't understand card games well enough or actually i'm gonna surprise you or outsmart you it's you don't understand this medium right yeah you don't even know what you're doing yeah right like (laughs) i'm gonna take this world you're in and i'm gonna go outside of it and start talking right it it um it's hard to talk about but i loved it yeah, I mean the first the in the first like line of description on Wikipedia it says as a metafictional game, it just throws that in there. And but then when you click it, metafiction is defined as metafiction is a form of fiction which emphasizes its own constructedness in a way that continually reminds the audience to be aware they are reading or viewing a fictional work. Metafiction is self-conscious about language, literary form, storytelling, and works of metafiction directly or indirectly draw attention to their status as artifacts. And it's just like, yep. <laughs> like, this game is constantly telling you that you're in a game and playing a game and watching a game and experiencing a game. And it's just like, yeah. Woo! Banger! That's a pod, baby. We obviously don't have the next game picked out yet. We haven't even talked about it, but... But I've just been so captivated by Inscription, I haven't even thought about it. Yeah, well... I also finished it like two nights ago, so... You know what to do. Listen to the robot voice at the end of this. It'll tell you what game we're going to play. Yes. And then we'll change it. And then we might change it, yeah. <laughs> depending, depending if we don't like it. I can't believe we were going to play Jet Set Radio. I'm so happy we changed to Inscription. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah seriously. Holy shit. Um, we're also going to play Sea of Thieves, so if you made it this far in the podcast, um, you can react to our, like, um, the pirate emoji and the welcome to 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not a game club game. That's just everyone get involved type of game. Yeah, we're just going to play it like on Wednesday nights or something. Uh, We're going to we're going to make people walk the plank and stuff. (laughs) Um, um, All right. That's all, folks. That's all she wrote. Okay. (laughs) thank you so much, everyone. Bye. Thank you. Love you all. Love you, Teddy. Love you, Alon. You too, bro. For the next game club episode. We. Will be playing. Chrono Trigger, from 1995. Happy gaming.